This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I'm a lawyer who has retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, expert witness, author, and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to talk about the liability insurance policy. Many people use the terms casualty and liability as if they were synonymous. However, Casualty insurance includes insurance that does not fall within the definition of liability insurance. Casualty insurance is defined as an agreement to indemnify against loss resulting from a broad group of causes, such as legal liability, theft, accident, property damage, and workers' compensation. Liability insurance is part of the casualty line of insurance. A casualty is an accidental injury, a fortuitous event. For every such harm, there is a law or legal principle that places the burden of the consequences back on the finances of the initiator of the harm. Applying the ancient maxim of the law that for every wrong there is a remedy, liability insurance exists to fund the remedy. Another feature of casualty insurance policies is that they are limited to injuries to persons other than the insured. The ultimate concern of these policies is the insured, the person who buys the insurance who needs to be protected from claims made by third persons. At one time, insurers were limited by statute and their charters were limited as to the type of insurance they could write. Casualty insurance could only be written by casualty licensed insurance companies. That is no longer the case and casualty insurance may be written by any insurer willing to do so with sufficient assets to perform. Casualty insurance may include, among other types of coverage, terrorism coverage to ensure the continued financial capacity of insurers to provide coverage for risks from terrorism. Congress passed the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act, or TRIA, in addition to a general terrorism program, TRIA gives victims of terrorism the ability to execute judgments on terrorist assets that are blocked, that is seized or frozen under federal statutes. Acts of terrorism or war are not covered by traditional insurance policies. Insurers typically exclude terrorism and require the purchase of a terrorism policy. Another casualty policy might be called flood insurance. Since floods are risks of loss seldom covered by typical property insurance policies, the U.S. Congress stepped in and created the National Flood Insurance Program which is a separate flood insurance policy necessary to protect against the risk of loss by flood. The National Flood Insurance Act of 1968 
created the National Flood Insurance Program, or the NFIP, to provide affordable flood insurance on fair terms. FEMA, or the Federal uh, Emergency Management Agency, is the federal agency that implements the NFIP, a federal program that enables property owners in participating communities to purchase insurance protection administered by the government against losses from flooding. In order to participate in the NFIP, communities are required to adopt and enforce floodplain management ordinances to reduce future flood damage. Through this program, FEMA has created maps known as FIRMs, which delineate the boundaries within a community of flood hazard areas. The FIRMs are divided into insurance risk zones according to the likelihood of a flood occurring within a particular region. The Federal Treasury ultimately makes payments on flood insurance claims. The flood insurance claims process requires the insured to notify the insurer of the loss and submit a complete signed and sworn proof of loss, setting out the nature, cause, and value of the loss. Failure to comply with the letter of the law and the flood insurance policy deprives the insured of the rights to receive indemnity to recover from flood damages. Although a court can empathize with the plight of an NFIP policyholder who failed to comply with the strict conditions stated in the policy, nevertheless, a policy of insurance issued pursuant to a federal program must be strictly construed and enforced because insurance companies solely act as fiscal agents of the government under the National Flood Insurance Program, all policy awards deplete federally allocated funds. Accordingly, not even the temptations of a hard case will provide a basis for ordering recovery contrary to the terms of a regulation, for to do so would disregard the duty of all courts to observe the conditions defined by Congress for charging the public treasury. The National Flood Insurance Program is not the same as commercial insurance. Every claim is paid eventually by the U.S. Treasury. Therefore, federal courts are obligated to strictly construe NFIP policies as required by the NFIP statutes. Since an NFIP policy is also a type of insurance, the insured is required to deal fairly and in good faith with the insurer and the U.S. government. For example, in Anthony Migliaro versus Fidelity National Indemnity, a Third Circuit decision in January of 2018, the court was asked whether the rejection of a policyholder's proof of loss constituted a written denial of all or part of the claim. 
The trial court found the denial triggered the one-year private limitations of action that is set forth in every standard flood insurance policy, and if so, whether a suit filed two years after the letter could be maintained. After receiving a payment from Fidelity National Indemnity Insurance Company based on an adjuster's assessment of the damage to his property caused by Hurricane Sandy, Anthony Migliaro submitted a sworn proof of loss seeking additional compensation. Fidelity sent Migliaro a letter rejecting his proof of loss, and he eventually filed suit. The district court found that the letter rejecting Migliaro's proof of loss was a written denial of all or part of the claim. Since Migliaro filed his complaint almost two years after he received the letter, the district court dismissed the suit as time-barred. Congress authorized the creation of the NFIP to enable interested persons to purchase insurance against loss resulting from physical damage to or loss of property arising from any flood occurring in the United States. The national flood insurance system is an unusual hybrid of government and private insurance, but it is essentially a government program. Write your own WYO carriers are only fiscal agents of the United States. Standard fire flood insurance Policyholders pay premiums to WYO carriers, and WYO carriers service the policies. However, the United States government pays all claims. Because standard flood insurance policy claims are ultimately paid by the United States government, all such claims must be identical to the form codified in the statutes and regulations. With regard to Migliaro's claim, every SFIP policy provides, quote, you may not sue us to recover mon money under this policy unless you have complied with all of the requirements of the policy. If you do so, you must start the suit within one year after the date of the written denial of all or part of the claim. This requirement applies to any claim that you may have under this policy and to any dispute you may have arising out of the handling of any claim under the policy, close quote. The issue before the court was whether Fidelity's re rejection of Migliaro's proof of loss constituted a written denial. Migliaro urged he did not accept the rejection as a denial of his claim, However, in so arguing, Migliaro necessarily admits that he viewed the letter rejecting his proof of loss as written denial of his claim. This is because the private right of action against a WYO carrier is limited to a suit challenging the complete or partial denial of the claim. Therefore, the very act of bringing suit signaled that to Migliaro's mind, his claim had been denied. Other type of Another type of casualty insurance is political risk or government liability insurance. This type of casualty insurance protects against loss due to a sudden political change in a country. Specifically, political risk insurance policies 
that provided coverage for two types of losses, losses caused by the expropriatory acts by a foreign government, and two losses stemming from frozen currency transfers or fixed or limited currency conversions are covered by political risk or government liability insurance. Another type of casualty loss or policy is the employee theft and dishonesty coverage. This coverage protects against loss or damage caused by employee theft. However, actions of an insured's employee did not constitute theft under terms of an employee theft insurance policy, which precluded an insurer's obligation to provide coverage. This is true even when the employee engaged in self-dealing transactions involving an insured's purchase of real properties where the insured was not unknowingly deprived of money because the employee simply represented that property was available without revealing that either he or his partner held interest in the property. The insured authorized the property's acquisition and approved the purchase price such that the insured retain for future development properties that it had bargained for and received. Another type of casualty insurance is the surety bond. This form of casualty coverage, sometimes called a bond, assures someone you contract with that you will complete the contract. People who work in construction or for governmental entities need to obtain a surety. Although surety bonds often are furnished by insurers, surety bonds are not insurance contracts and they are not subject to insurance laws. Other courts have found that a surety bondholder may share with other policyholders in the distribution of statutory deposits created for the benefit of all policyholders. There is no basis, however, in the language of various statutes for deviating from the settled view that surety is insurance. This view has been followed in New Jersey and in various cases including the matter of liquidation of Integrity Insurance Company, which was a 1991 decision of the New Jersey courts. There are other types of casualty insurance that have been developed in response to new technologies, including cyber liability, identity theft, and cyber fraud. For example, cost incurred by a store's customers in obtaining replacement debit and credit cards and identity theft insurance after thieves had stolen electronic payment data from a store were cognizable under Maine law, if reasonable as mitigation of damages against the store, regardless of whether fraudulent charges were posted to any consumer's account. The Restatement Second of Tort Section 919 provided that payment was allowed to reimburse for the cost of identity theft insurance. This video was adapted from my book, Insurance Claims, Part 101, Volume 2, 
which is available as a paperback and as a Kindle book from Amazon.com. You can see the details of the book, including all of my books, at Zalma.com by clicking on the Insurance Claims Library. If you found this video on casualty insurance to be of interest to you, please refer it to your colleagues since it is free. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel and my blog so that you can be informed of future blog postings and videos. Thank you again for your attention.